Hey beautiful, it's Lisa and this is Beauty Beyond the Trail, the podcast designed for women who want to find hope and healing in the midst of betrayal, trauma, and loss. Each week I help you navigate the murky waters of betrayal trauma by bringing you insight, wisdom, and ways to overcome the trauma and loss that you've experienced. I help you explore ways to heal, recover, and redesign your life the way you desire it to be. One that is lived passionately, out loud, on purpose, full of impact, joyful, and free, the way God intended it to be. I also bring in all things Jesus because he's the one who ultimately brings us into our healing and freedom from betrayal trauma. So beautiful, grab your favorite latte or a glass of wine, pull up a chair, and focus on yourself for the next few minutes. Let's dive into what it really means to rise up from the ashes of betrayal and loss into a life redesigned. Welcome back, beautiful, to another episode of Beauty Beyond Betrayal. I'm your host, Lisa Limehouse, and I'm really glad you're back. Today, we're going to talk about a very difficult subject. When do we need to walk away from the marriage after infidelity. You know, sometimes ladies, we have wrestled with, should I stay? Should I go? Should I stay? Should I go? And it's a constant deep struggle within. And we look at family members who are keeping their eye on us or friends, people at church. And we keep that at the forefront of our mind of what will they think if I walk away? Then we also wrestle with, well, what does God want us to do in this instance? So we have all of these different triggers in our minds and we stay stuck, not knowing what to do. But I want to talk about seven different signs that might tell us that it's actually time to leave the relationship. And again, I will say that today is very difficult because it's a difficult subject to tackle, but one that we need to explore. So cheating is inevitably one of the most difficult things that you and your spouse could ever face. And if your marriage has been through it, if your relationship has suffered in this way, you are all too familiar with the anxiety, anger, and devastation that follows betrayal. It's a whirlwind of negative emotions, and it isn't helped by the fact that sometimes it's really hard to figure out, should I stay or should I go? Because this infidelity has wrecked my life. In fact, it's difficult to make that call in any kind of marital betrayal. After all, infidelity doesn't always look like the plain old adulterous affair. What I mean by that is maybe your spouse has had an emotional affair and you're sitting there saying, well, you know, it wasn't actually a sexual affair. It was an emotional affair. So do I have the right to even think about leaving? Or maybe it was pornography. And again, they weren't actually in a sexual affair, but they are in pornography night after night. They're addicted to it. And you're wondering, should I make that kind of a big decision right now? I understand, beautiful, that divorce in and of itself is a scary prospect. But sometimes it's something that we need to consider if we're dealing with some of the things that we're going to talk about today. 
Now, you probably, many of you, still have love for your partner, for your spouse. But the question is, is love actually enough? Well, let's talk about the seven specific signs that you might be better off moving on if your spouse has still decided that they're stuck in some of these, that they're not moving ahead and you don't see a difference. The first one I want to discuss is that your partner has not apologized whatsoever. When you've been betrayed and you actually confront your spouse about the betrayal, what was their initial reaction? Usually that reaction is one of anger. Why? Because they've been found out. You have violated the secret life that they have been living. Whether you stumbled across it, whether someone told you, whether you had a private investigator uh, give you the information, whatever it is, their secret is now wide open and they don't like it. So sometimes they'll reach out in anger. Sometimes you might see them actually breathe a sigh of relief. Why? Because it's out in the open. They've been hiding it. The pressure of the secret has been weighing on them very heavily. And now that it's out in the open, the betrayer has a sense of relief. They can actually breathe. Now, it's not the same for you because your journey has just begun. You've suffered great trauma because you have uncovered betrayal by someone you trust and love deeply. So now your journey, while it's just beginning, theirs has kind of a sense of relief because the betrayed, the betrayal has been exposed. But what happens after it's come to light and they refuse to express any remorse whatsoever? Well, in this case, they're basically telling you that your marriage is over. You see, when you've been betrayed and the betrayer refuses to acknowledge that they have done you wrong, that they have um, done anything that is sinful and that they are not going to take responsibility for it. They don't even think that the cheating is such a grave relationship sin. Then they're telling you that the marriage is over. They really should be concerned for your feelings. They should apologize. They should have remorse and there should be repentance. But a lot of times words are free. And if they can't find the will to say they're sorry, you have no reason to believe that your relationship will get any better in the future. And it's looking more and more like your spouse is not the person that you thought that they really were. And you should really think about moving forward before they hurt you again. Because beautiful, listen, if they choose not to accept responsibility and they choose to not even consider your feelings of what has been done to you and apologize and have that deep remorse and repentance, then there's no heart change. 
and they will continue to hurt you in the long run, be it through another affair, be it through uh, pornography, or be it through gaslighting or blaming. The hurt will be there once again. So this is a sign that you need to take into consideration if they never apologize. The second one is your partner is not deciding to even show a desire to put in the work. They're not willing to go to counseling. They're not willing to attend therapy with you. They are saying, you know, maybe I'll do it down in the future somewhere. Maybe I'll do that at some point in time. But they only give lip service to it. You see, even the best therapist can't help a couple recover from cheating if both parties aren't willing to open up. So if you are stuck in a relationship where your spouse who has cheated on you and they're just going through the motions ever since the affair came to light, then it's probably time for you to get unstuck. It's probably time for you to move on. It's time for you to pursue your own personal healing without worrying about the marriage at this point in time. Your healing is vital. And if they're not willing to put in the work, by all means, make sure that you are seeing a counselor, therapist, or are working with a trauma-informed coach so that you can heal from the trauma that this betrayal has brought to you. Which leads me to number three. This is when your spouse is not willing to get counseling. So what I mean is when it comes to saving your relationship, marriage counseling or coaching or therapy of some sort is your single greatest resource. And if they are refusing to give it a try, then you have a big problem on your hands. Because cheaters often avoid couples therapy because they, want, they don't want to deal with their own issues. They don't want it put before them, especially men. Men aren't used to talking about their feelings. And they're not used to having to lay it out on a line with anybody. They're not used to having to express that. If your cheating spouse, this is a good for instance, if your spouse who cheated on you is religious, if they have a relationship with God and they believe that adultery goes against God's word, then they might feel that it's really trivial to talk to a therapist before they get right with God. They might come at you and say, no, I can't attend counseling right now. I can't work with a coach or a therapist or anybody else because really right now the only thing I need to be doing is I need to be working on my relationship with God. And until that gets right, I can't move forward. Well, why aren't they moving forward? Are they really getting right with God? That's why you might have to do a little bit of probing in order to find out what exactly the issue is. If you've gotten to the bottom of it, but your unfaithful spouse still won't budge, then your hope of getting through this rough patch is greatly diminished. Now, I encourage you at this point to seek out help for yourself. And again, avoid some of the big mistakes that we all have a tendency to make. And one of those being, we just kind of put up with it. 
we say, well, maybe, you know, in a couple months, they'll go to counseling. Maybe at some point in time, they'll realize that they need it. But how long is it going to take? How long do you sit in this? Do you sit in it for a few months? Do you sit in it for a few years? What is it? Because at the end of the day, if they are wanting and desiring with everything they are to save the relationship, to save the marriage, to restore it, and to rebuild it to become better, then they're going to be willing to do whatever it takes, including counseling, to get there. So let's go on to the next one. Are they still in touch with the person that they cheated on? Are they still in touch with the other partner that they cheated on you with? Many times this happens without us even knowing. You might be in a situation where you've both talked about it and you've said, okay, we're going to work really hard to rebuild this marriage. We're going to do everything we need to do. And maybe you've had a few counseling sessions. Maybe you are um, working it out. You know, your, your lines of communication are open, but in secret, your partner is still in contact with the, the other woman. They're still texting or they're still secretly meeting or they're still emailing or Facebook messaging or somehow, some way, they are still in contact. Now, your partner may own up and say, no, 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 it's, it's really over. It's really over. And they think that they're going to hide it from you for a long time. And even if the affair really is over, the behavior demonstrates an incredible lack of respect for you and your feelings, and you shouldn't stand for it if you find out that they're still in contact with them. Listen, beautiful, you've been traumatized by the affair in and of itself. You shouldn't have to be reminded of it constantly by the, the betrayer going back and forth between you and her. You never should play second fiddle. And it's not having his cake and eating it too. Calling it quits with your spouse because they maintain contact with the other person that they cheated on you with, it doesn't make you jealous. It doesn't make you bitter. It doesn't make you hateful or unforgiving. And I know that there are a lot of people out there that would say it does, but it doesn't. It actually makes you sane. And it makes you wise because you are never, ever to be someone's doormat, never to play second fiddle, and never in a marriage relationship should you ever have to deal with a mate continuing to converse or have contact with the person that they had an affair with. So if this is still happening, it may be time to move on. Number five, they lie time and time again. Listen, I know that when a, betray, a betrayal has happened, the betrayer has lived in a perpetual lie for months or years or decades. They have been living this double life, right? They are used to doing that and it gets easier and easier and easier for them to lie time and time and time again. 
But there comes a point where they have to be held accountable. And if there is a pattern of dishonesty and deceit in your marriage still, whether you're working on the marriage, you're separated, whatever it is, and they are still living in the dishonesty, they are still living in the deceit, you probably won't ever be able to trust your spouse ever again. And it's time to save yourself the hurt, the pain, and the suffering that you've been dealing with because of the lies over and over and over again. You see, once your trust has been eroded by an affair, even small lies can really be triggering because they remind you of the betrayal that you experienced in the beginning. And it doesn't give you any opportunity to rebuild trust and move on together. The lie is there and it's like a brick wall between the two of you and you can never come together and trust is never ever rebuilt. That's why repeated dishonesty might be a reason for you to start over and move on. The next one, your partner doesn't seem committed to your relationship. They might say, yes, I want it to work. Yes, I want to repair the marriage. I want us to stay together. But in the process, they really don't seem committed. They're actually just uh, apathetic. They're going through the motions. It's almost like they are comfortable being married to you as a partnership. But that's the extent of it. And a lot of times the reason why this happens is because they want to save face or again, they're comfortable in their life and they just want it to stay status quo. So they're willing to stay married, but they're not really willing to be committed to the relationship in the effect that it should be. In other words, rebuilding the marriage to something better and being a couple actually becoming one again, but they're just not willing to do that. They're not willing to be engaged with the healing process. They're just passive. And if that's the case, then it's time and worth your effort to look at moving forward. So I want to look at the last one, the seventh one. And this is where the cheater doesn't take responsibility and instead continues to blame others, maybe blame you, and they are always gaslighting you. You see, it's obviously true that cheating doesn't emerge out of thin air. This is not something that they tripped into. (laughs) It doesn't just happen. How do I know that? Because ladies, as I have confessed to you, Many times, and if you're first getting into this podcast, um, I explained in my first broadcast that in my 20s, I was the betrayer. So I've been on both sides. I've been the betrayer and I've been the betrayed. So I have a different perspective when it comes to talking about betrayal trauma and being trauma-informed. So an affair is just not something that you fall into. It is something that after you have been involved with talking with a person, developing that relationship, it it moves on. We're products of, you know, the things that we do, the decisions that we make on a daily basis. And if your, your spouse has cheated, 
it, it wasn't just something they thought about that morning when they got up. Oh, I'm, I'm going to go out and cheat today. No, it was there for a while. So this behavior is something that you need to look at. And if they are not taking responsibility for it, and they're blaming you for the affair, that it's your fault, that you were not enough, you didn't give them enough attention, you spent too much money, you were too fat, you were too thin, you nagged too much, yada, 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 whatever the blame is, or they blame others, you know, well, I hung out with all these people, and, you know, we went out drinking, and they got me drunk, and I just fell into it, whatever the excuse is, ladies, listen, it is not real, there is no excuse in the book that justifies betrayal, at all. So if they're blaming you and they're not taking responsibility, owning up to it, they have a level of hostility towards you. They're gaslighting you and making you feel crazy. You know, oh, it's all in your head. You know, the things that you're thinking, oh, it's all in your head. No, it's time to step back and look at what's really taking place. This might be a deal breaker. No matter who they say to blame, if your partner insists that it wasn't their fault that they cheated, they're telling you that it isn't anything that, you know, you, that it's, again, that it's your fault, they're telling you that there isn't anything they can do to prevent it from happening again. I can't promise you, honey, that it might not happen again. Listen, until they take full responsibility, You'll never get the peace in your heart and in your mind that you need to move on with your life. You're never going to rebuild that trust and the relationship will always be broken. God does not require us to stay in a relationship where the partner that we are trying to rebuild the relationship with, the one who betrayed us, is not fully 100% plus ready to make amends. If they're not repentant and remorseful, willing to take responsibility, and they're not doing the hard work to rebuild the relationship, God would never have you to be their doormat, and he would never have you to stay in that. You know, in Scripture, and I know this is a hard one because there are pastors that will tell you, no matter what, stay in that relationship. Well, According to scripture, there is a way out, ladies. And while it's not, it's not always the way that we need to take, but it's something that we need to look at. You know, in scripture, if adultery has happened, we're allowed to walk away biblically from that relationship. It doesn't mean that we do, but it means that we can. And I say that because some of you need to hear that today. You have had people tell you that no matter what, no matter how much you're being emotionally abused, no matter how much the mind games and the gaslighting is just tearing you apart, the trauma is so much to where you can't function anymore, you're having people tell you that you have to stay no matter what. Well, I want you to know that you need to research the scriptures yourself. 
and you will find that that's not true. If you decide to stay, you need to weigh the options. You need to weigh it and weigh it right. Are they doing the hard work? Are they doing what they need to do? Because I know that you are. And you need to have wisdom to make the right decisions. So ladies, I'm hoping that when you're in this struggle of should I stay or should I go after infidelity, that some of these things that we talked about would help you to weigh that out today. And I would even say allow your spouse to even listen to this episode because it just might help them. Sometimes they need to hear it from an outside source. And if this helped you, I would love to hear from you. You can DM me. You can reach out to me. Um, I've got a link in the show notes below that you can get on a free coaching call with me and we can talk about it a little bit more to explore what you need to move forward. Above all, take care of yourself because you're worth it. And God never intended you to stay stuck in betrayal trauma. Hey, beautiful. Thanks for stopping by today and spending a little while with me. Make sure to subscribe to my podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, something really hit you in one of the moments, or you were inspired to take the next step in your healing, reach out to me and by all means, leave a review. This is the highest compliment I can receive. And make sure to screenshot this episode. Share us out on IG and Facebook stories. Tag me at Beauty Beyond Betrayal Podcast. And I'll give you a huge shout out as well. And if you're ready to move out of the devastation of betrayal and redesign your life and relationships in the way you desire them to be, hit me up in the DM. I would love to hear from you and connect. Until next time, love God, live your life passionately, and always choose joy in the midst of all circumstances that you may face. Cheers to you, beautiful. Beautiful.